0: And welcome back to the Woke Pussy Podcast. So it's been a while. Um, you know, I've been doing this 100 Days of Visibility Lives on Instagram. And so I tend to take up whatever stuff I have to say. So I haven't been podcasting. As it happens, I've been sick this weekend and haven't felt like doing my lives. And so it's been a couple days and... The inspiration has struck to teach you something. And the thing that has come up again, it's a concept that I believe I talk about in my book, The Three Relationship Handbook, which that is a manual for single women who are interested in dating couples. And for some of you that know, my husband and I are polyfidelitists. We date women together and um that book started off as a joke because I was like, you know, there's so many things these women need to understand and about the lifestyle. And there's just so much education that goes in to this sort of lifestyle because uh, I had no intentions on talking about polyamory, but here we are. Uh, You know, the little side notes that um, if you are a couple – looking for a closed triad. The place that you want to look for them is not actually in the polyamorous community. And I know that's really confusing for people. But that's where like this derogatory term unicorn hunter comes from is because newbie couples to poly tend to want to find their third quote unquote. And so they go looking for it in the polyamorous community. But the The problem with that is that polyamorous people are polyamorous. (laughs) They are not trying to be in a closed dynamic in a monogamous style relationship. And furthermore, they're not wanting to, you know, they want more openness than most couples are offering. Now we can go down a whole rabbit hole of that. I'm not going to get into that. I could do a whole other episode about unicorn hunting and, you know, ethical triads and polyamory and all that stuff. Um, That's not necessarily what this episode is about. Um, But I did want to mention that because it came up. (laughs) So when you're a couple and you're looking for like, because the woman in the couple is bisexual, right and this is not just male female couples it's also you know sometimes the male is the bisexual one sometimes it's two women looking you know like it's it's again a whole other rabbit hole but the point is is that um the 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 people that are actually most suited to a closed triad are Bisexual people that would otherwise be monogamous if they were not bisexual, if that makes sense. So their relationship style leans more towards like one single committed relationship. But the fact that they are bisexual, you know, monogamy doesn't offer a solution for somebody who wants to fully express all of who they are at the same time. Because monogamy is like, well, you're bisexual, that's fine, but you have to pick one or the other. You can only be with one kind of person, one gender, one, you know, male or female, and you can have one monogamous relationship with them. And then when you miss the other part of yourself, then you need to break up with that person and you need to go be with the other gender. (laughs) And so that causes this issue we call flip-flopping, and it's a six-for-half-a-dozen issue for people that are very much, you know, more in the middle of a you know, fifty-fifty bisexual, sixty-forty, even up to seventy-thirty, where like they and and those who want to be all of themselves all at the same time, um polyfidelitous triads are a really great relationship option because they offer the closed you know, one relationship unit, monogamous style thing, but with a paradigm that allows a bisexual person to have both of all of what they need all at the same time. So you know, we talk about. I've coined, I coined a term in the book, and I call it co sexual. It's like I'm bisexual, but I'm co sexual. I actually prefer them both at the same time. I don't want to have separate monogamous relationships with a man and then have a separate relationship with a woman. And because I don't prefer the other style of polyamory which is hierarchical or just egalitarian but just many relationship units with different people like that's not really my personal makeup it's just it's not the way that i made it's not how i prefer to do it so poly triads are the thing so anyway because what couples are actually really looking for are bisexual women who are otherwise monogamous or would be monogamous but are not really happy doing the flip-flop thing and would really be happier being able to be with a man and a woman at the same time but because they don't want separate relationships and the other style of poly, polyfidelitis or closed triad is a really great solution and so but that's just kind of like <laughs> they're just out in the wild. You know, they're not necessarily part of a community. Like this part of these kinds of relating and relationship styles is just kind of newly coming out into the open. And because it is, you know, polyfidelity is like the redheaded stepchild. It's not monogamous, but it's also not polyamorous. And just like bisexuals tend to get erased and like tried to be forced into, you know, gay or straight, like polyfidelitous people tend to find themselves in this weird gray area middle. So when my husband and I first started dating women together many, many years ago, it was even less like out in the open. and And there was just so much education that we were doing in our dating life. Because what we found was it wasn't that people weren't that women weren't open and and willing and interested in the lifestyle it's just they really just didn't know how it worked. So like I said, I was joking about I just need to make a handbook for these bitches. <laughs> and then I just did it and because I found that there were a lot of the same questions that would come up, a lot of the same concepts and topics and concerns and so I just wrote a book about it. So Yeah. Anyway, the point of that was that in this book, while I was writing that book, I realized that, you know, there was this metaphor about staffing your life, right? And I call it staffing, like staffing your love department. Um, But more specifically for this episode, I want to broaden that even more and, and talk about staffing your life. Because I think that it's one of the keys to having really great relationships, no matter what kind of relationship that it is. And um, right now, like I'm in, my husband and I are in between situations. You know, we got out of a situation not that long ago. And one of the things that I learned from that was that I have always really wanted one person to kind of fulfill many roles in my life and I think one of the reasons that last situation fell apart was because I wasn't willing in the beginning to actually do this process that I'm going to teach you and I wanted her to be all of the things rather than really seeing what the connection was best suited to and allowing her to fulfill the role that she fit best in and this was something that is a pattern and it's it's a pattern that's hard to break so it's not something that I'm not aware of but it is something that takes practice to do. Um, One of our very first girlfriends relationships that we had like Oh, fuck, almost 10 years ago. After we broke up, I recognized that, again, the same issue was that it it wasn't that she was wrong for us. It was that we had hired her, quote unquote, essentially in our lives for a position that she wasn't suited for. And had we put her in the right position, um, I think we could have had a, a much more successful and a much longer and much happier connection, right? So the point of what I'm saying is you your life is like a company. You are like, you know how they say, like you are the brand, right? And your company has many positions that in your life that needs to be filled, right? We have parents, we have siblings, we have friends, we have coworkers and and mentors, lovers, you know, things like that. Like there are like financial advisors, like there are a lot of different places, spots, roles um different needs that we have as human beings in our lives and this heteronormative like weird religious way of relating has really kind of condensed it and and made it really black and white and and not nuanced in the way that it actually is right because for example there's a sort of like you have in in the sort of mainstream programming it's like you have co-workers you have friends and you have romantic people and you know i think that as you've gone through life you find that there's a lot of gray area in between all of that and the problem is that if somebody is not a strictly platonic friend that's where we end up in all these situationship problems because there's an erotic component or there's a creative component. But then when you try to make them be a lover or a girlfriend or boyfriend or a spouse, like the shit doesn't work. And it's very confusing, right? <clears throat> Cause you're like, well, we aren't just friends. So why isn't this a full blown relationship? And it's like, well, there's a lot of space in between. So, what I encourage you to do is like first sit down and make a list of all of the positions that are available in your life, right? All of the roles that people play and, you know, what what roles do you need in your life? And then what you can do is Notice which positions are open that don't have anyone filling that role and how you can go about, you know, looking for people to fill up those spaces. And also, even more importantly, is looking at the people in your life now and noticing if they're placed in the proper positions. Like, are they in a role that's suited for who they really are and what your connection really is and like what it's actually about. Now, I don't want you to get too like, I know that this is a little bit objectifying. Um, Don't worry about that so much. Like it's an honest way to look at things, even though it may feel a little sterile, a little masculine, a little objectifying. The truth is, is that it will help you. Like, is this friend that you have in this inner circle, place in your life? Do they actually have the qualities for for that position in your life? So you want to like make a list. So in the let's say okay, so like BFF, partner in crime, kind of platonic life mate, like, what are the requirements? And the expectations and the benefits that come with that position, what are the expected duties, right? What are the expected, the things that you expect from the other person? And then what are the benefits that they receive from being in that position? Because the thing is, is, you know, benefits that you provide someone need to be commitment based. So if somebody is not committed, for example, to the responsibility of like being a CEO to run an entire company, you know, they should not get the benefits of that position. A secretary is never going to get paid the same amount as a CEO. Why? Because the duties, the expectations, the responsibility and the commitment are very different. And so when you're looking at your life, it's really important to, kind of look at it like you're staffing your life and staffing the different different departments in your life so when you look at your friend department there are going to be many different kinds of friends you know you may only have one life mate bff you know really your best friend is only one person i know a lot of people have a lot of best friends but your best friend is like your platonic spouse. They are your thunder buddy. They are your life, like, you know, grab a buddy and do life together. They're your partner in crime. They're your partner in this life. And because, you know, those and those relationships are actually really, really important because they often last longer than romantic relationships even marriages sometimes right so that position is a very very high very important position and you know I think about our last situation and it was like now granted it started off with like you know we had sex the first time we ever hung out so that makes it a little bit more confusing but like as it went on and and that's a whole other thing like (laughs) the the twin flame like out of body we think our like other counterpart twin flame person is basically possessing people <laughs> so that's a whole other a whole other can of worms we're not going to go down that road but I think that's what happened and then I think this person in particular was really much more suited to like a like a, a real best friend you know And and that's the biggest tragedy I think that this relationship has ended for me is that like she was really the perfect candidate for being a best friend as far as like a a life partner in like you know buddy bosom buddy life mate like thunder buddy situation like so that's just a side note but for me and it may be different for you like that position is not filled and it, and it hasn't been filled in a really long time one When you're a lesbian or you date women romantically, a lot of times your girlfriend ends up also fulfilling that role. And what I realized from this last situation was that I really needed to have separate positions. Like my girlfriend can also be like one of my best friends, but I need to have a best friend that is not connected to me in a romantic sense. Um that's important to me. So that's just something that I've learned recently. So for me, I I've, I've had to sit down and like, I started to, you know, the last situation was like, she was my muse. She was a business partner. She was like a healing partner. Like, you know, there was an erotic lover undertone to it. We were really fucking good friends. Like, and I re I recognize that it it's like, it's a lot to expect one person to fill all those roles. So I actually like took that one position and I broke it up and I and I had to start looking at okay what are each of these things and sure someone can fill many roles but I need to have them available for different people to fill if necessary because you know there's not any real reason for me to go with so many needs unmet Because I need to find one person who can fill all of those needs, right? That's really unrealistic. And one of the reasons that people gravitate towards polyamory in the like hierarchical separate relationship sense, because, you know, as you grow up and, and you mature, you recognize that like, it isn't, not only is it not realistic, but it's not fair to expect one partner to be all things to you. And it leads to a lot of unhappiness and a lot of turmoil that is easily solved by looking at your life in this way and and seeing, okay, these are different positions that I need. Like for me, ultimately, my husband and I want a wife for sure. So before someone becomes our wife, she has to be our girlfriend. So those are two positions that are available. However, one cannot become a wife unless there are a girlfriend first. So really, girlfriend is available and then that position is available for an upgrade, if you will, later down the road. I also have Muse available as an artist. It is really important for me that I have a woman that I have an erotic and like sensual connection with, there doesn't have to be sex, but there has to be allowed the promise of sex. There has to be like, I have to be allowed to be in love with her. Like I have to have that permission to be all the way open for that channel to be all the way open so that I can see her as, inspiration, as an object of affection, as, you know, utilize the push and the pull of the erotic dance between us so that I can, you know, utilize that for my art. And that is a very special relationship as well. And of course, like we mentioned earlier, like a platonic life partner, you know, which for me being bisexual, Uh, my best friend for example there can definitely be a sexual component in that as well but what it is is we are completely free um to live out our lives and have our romantic partners and you know do like it's not it's like a marriage but it's a different kind of marriage for those of you who have somebody like that you understand what i'm talking about and for those of you who don't um yeah it's it's a special kind of marriage it's a lifelong partnership but it is not a romantic sexual partner if that makes sense and then there's like lots of different kinds of friends so for me the category of friend you know, there's many different kinds of friends, because to me, friends are activity partners, they are not necessarily, they, they sort of are like, people who you like to play tennis with your tennis friends, your drinking buddies, your camping buddies, your mom friends, your, you know, like your, your work friends. Um, these are people that you share common interests with, and as long as you have that interest, you'll probably remain friends with this person. But say like you move on to a different hobby and something else catches your attention. Then the person that you, you know, went to your archery classes with, you may not be connected to them anymore because now you're a painter and now you have painting friends and your archery friends, you know, may not have made it into the like family soul family friend type. So there's lots of different Kinds of relationships. So I want you to just start opening up your mind to the different kinds of relationships, the different nuances, and make a list of all of the kinds of relationships that you want and need in your life. And which ones do you have already? And rearrange people and put them in the places where they actually belong. I think a lot of the reason why situationships go weird is because, you know, there is such a thing as someone you just want to have sex with or just sexually attracted to, but they aren't necessarily boyfriend or girlfriend material. They're not, you know, and if we could just be honest about the fact that we have these different needs and we have these different positions open, then I think that we would have better relationships if we could be open and honest about the fact that you know, let's figure this out. Like, okay, like we're more than friends. We're less like we don't like the, you know, one or both don't actually want to be in a committed relationship. So, you know, now you've got to negotiate. See, there's, there's people like to have programs. So there's a program for how you behave and the boundaries and the rules of a work relationship. There's boundaries and rules for mentor relationships, for teacher relationships, for friends, for lovers and for boyfriends and girlfriends and for spouses, right? But there's a lot of gray area in between. And if you, if you can't find a clear cut definition, then you got to go into negotiation. You got to understand the nuances of what the connection is. And if you aren't willing to do that, you're going to miss the beauty and the lesson and, and the purpose for that particular connection because it's going to get lost like our last situation for example had so many amazing wonderful potential pieces but because I got stuck in no I want this to be like an end-all be-all marriage type situation like I got stuck in that for a minute and then also she didn't understand that it wasn't that serious like it got weird and it got ruined to a point where like, I don't know if we'll ever be in each other's lives again. And that like, honestly makes me really sad. So like, I don't want you to miss out on the potential beauty and, and fullness of what a connection can be. So again, the more practical steps, think about what positions you have available which positions you have filled are the people that are in those positions currently the best fit for that position or would they better best be suited for somewhere else. The other thing you want to do is once you have a list of um roles and you know that you want filled in your life, also get real specific about what does that mean? What expectations do you have? What benefits do you offer and provide? How often do you expect to connect or talk or hang out? Um, What is the term, you know, the contract term, if you will? Like for me, obviously, a wife is for life. A BFF is for life. I expect that to be a lifelong commitment. A muse for me is project-based. It can also be long-term. It can be long-term or short-term. It really just depends. Friendships also depends, right? And depending on the level of commitment, the level of intimacy, you know, also for each, like, what kind of intimacy is required for you? Do you expect sexual or physical intimacy in a specific role? Is it optional? Is it not, you know, like, For me, work relationships, there is no sex allowed, right? Like, where are your boundaries and your rules, your expectations for each role? Now, when you meet someone, because I believe that everyone that you feel attracted to is yours for some reason, and they fulfill a role, right? Some people also, there are lessons, people to teach you things, there are um, acquaintances, there are a lot of things, a lot of positions, once you're aware of all these positions, when you meet someone you have an attraction to, rather than be like, oh, I'm attracted to them, we maybe we, we must date or we must fuck or, you know, like I've got to force this kind of situation or not, you can be a little bit more open and you can start to compare them to the lists of the positions that you have open and say, oh, this feels like this and this person and I have these things in common, and we enjoy these things together. And there's, you know, there's these components. And then you can have a much more conscious conversation with the other person as well. You can say, hey, so it seems like, you know, you'd be a really good fit for, like, to be my muse is that, you know, this is the things, these are the things that are that I expect and are required for that kind of relationship? Is that something that you're open and willing to participate in? You know, and they may say, yes, that sounds awesome. They may have more questions. They may be like, ah, that's a little too much commitment for me. Do you have anything else available? Right? It's a negotiation. And when we start to be willing to look at our personal relationships in a little bit more objective fashion, in this sort of hr you're staffing your love department you're staffing your career department you're staff you know you're staffing everything it's a good metaphor again it can get a little objectifying don't worry about that <laughs> just reinfuse the humanity back into it but it is also really important to be able to zoom out and look at things objectively right when we don't look at things objectively we can get into a lot of trouble We can give CEO benefits to a a temp worker and be out thousands of dollars and not realize that they were just here to deliver a package and (laughs) we gave them the boss's salary, right? Like we don't want to do that anymore in our lives. We want to match benefits to commitment level. We want to match benefits to the appropriate kind of relationship that we're having with somebody. And I think it's really helpful when you know the kinds of relationships that you have available in your life and really get those nuances, the boundaries, the expectations, the duties, the time limits, the contract lengths, and really have an idea. It will really, really help you as you go along your bumble BFF or bumble date journeys or on Tinder out in the real world or whatever, because, you know, I've just recently ventured out into the dating app world and I'm finding that I'm needing to come back to this concept um, and really understand what I'm looking for and be really clear about that because it really helps the filtering process And knowing if someone is for you or not or is a good fit or not and where do they fit, right, in your life and do you fit in their life as well. So once you understand this concept, you can have these conversations with people that you meet and help them also define the place in their life that you are the best fit for and are you in agreement and can you come to an agreement And it will make things so much better and so much easier and more enjoyable for you. So that's the blurb today. I hope that that was helpful. It just popped in my mind and I really wanted to share. Um, I'm not doing so much like spiritual teaching other than the lives on IG, which is at Penn Badger. You can follow me there. I'm really dropping more into my artist bag and that's feeling really good to me. So, if you if you go to the website PenelopeBadger.com, you'll see that it's leaning more that direction. I do still have a couple of um, books and teachings and stuff in the shop. All of my courses are also still available on Udemy.com. Um you can look for them there. There's Goddess school, the twin flame formula, the shadow work course, um, and the movement, the birthing program as well. Um, if you do want some one-on-one time with me, I am still offering private sessions. And right now they're just kind of ask me anything sessions. You can book half an hour or an hour and we can do whatever it is you want to do. I can help you with this relationship, you know, like going through your relationships. So relationship coaching, twin flame coaching, inner child healing work, parts work, um, tarot, of course, astrology. If you just want to pick my brain about my creative process, if you want help editing stuff, if you want help writing a song, like whatever it is that I do that you love, that you want to talk to me more about, you can book one-on-one time with me. And of course, you can always email me or DM me. The email is wokekittycity at gmail.com. If you have questions, I'm happy to do um, Q&A stuff or like, you know, just speak on a topic on my one of my lives or uh, write a blog or there is I think a blog I don't know anyway I yeah so <laughs> um, hit me up if you want to chat or connect and ask questions about anything that was what I was saying and um, I cannot tell you when I will be on here next because like I said I am in a state of flux I'm also sick so we'll just um, I'll see you when I see you Love you. Thank you for hanging out. And I will talk to you again eventually, (laughs) sometime soon. All right. Bye.